As I said, last week we talked about how problems, the benefit of problems, and how God will send those things to us to strip away our confidence in ourselves. Because He wants our confidence to be placed in Him. And when we live our life apart from Him, we're missing out on the whole point of Jesus coming and Jesus giving us new life in Christ. And so today, we're going to be dealing with an issue that is a huge issue among Christians today. We're going to be talking about acceptance with God. Um, when we talk about acceptance, I begin to think about organizations that maybe we've all wanted to be a part of, whether they be fraternities, sororities, the Empire Club, if you will, the cool kids, or even with our parents. And so we all like we all like to be liked and accepted. We do. So how does that work with God? How does being liked and accepted work in the Christian life in our relationship with the Lord? That's what we're going to be talking about today. And so uh, we're going to pick up in uh, Luke 15. We're going to read verses 11 through verse 32. <clears throat> and he said, a man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of my estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. And not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country. And there he squandered his estate with loose living. Now when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country, and he began to, and he began to be impoverished. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him in the fields to feed swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating, and no one was giving anything to him. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread? But I am dying here with hunger. Have you ever noticed the first three letters of the word diet is the word die? I just, as a side note, I just yeah. thought, throw that out there. Uh, verse 18. I will get up and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. So he got up and came to his father. And, but while he was a, still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly bring out the best robe, put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf, fattened calf, kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found, and they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house and heard music and dancing, 
he summoned one of the servants and began inquiring what these things could be. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf for him, or a calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. But he became angry and was not willing to go in. And his father came out and began pleading with him. But he answered and said to his father, look, for so many years I've been serving you and I have never neglected a command of yours. And yet you've never given me a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your wealth with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, son, you have always been with me and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice for this brother of yours was dead and has begun to live and was lost and has been found. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for this parable that you share with us. And Father, I pray that your intent, your meaning, and your communication to us will be clearly understood as we travel through these verses. And Father, I pray that you'll give us insight and that you'll help us to understand our acceptance with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning as we continue in our Exchange Life study by discussing acceptance with God, we're going to be looking at acceptance through bad behavior, acceptance through good behavior, and how God actually accepts us. And one of those we would agree with, and the other ones will be a matter of discovery. And so, we kind of, our view on bad behavior is it's really uh, not a bad behavior acceptance, but really a bad behavior rejection, right? When we do wrong things, or if we're bad, we're not accepted. And so we see that with the first son. He's known as the prodigal son. Isn't that how he's been labeled by us? Doesn't label him anywhere in scripture that way. But he's been labeled. He's labeled in the headings in your Bible that way. Interesting. What did he do? So he goes to his father. and His father, before his death, cuts off half of what he owns and gives it to his son. So here's your inheritance. His son takes that and he travels a long way off. He lives freely, does whatever he wants. He's got all this cash. And it ends poorly. He blew it all. He blew it. He lived it up. He went and did his own thing with the wealth that the father gave him. He spent his freedom and his gifts on himself. And it didn't turn out well. Everything the Father gives us is not meant for us. That's part of the problem that's going on here with the first son. But we'll leave that for another day. 
So he tried to solve his own problem, didn't he? He went and got him a job. Nothing wrong with a son getting a job, parents. Right? Get a job. But now that he'd run through everything, he goes and gets a job. And where does he get a job? He gets a job in the fields. Feeding the pigs. Now, I want you to think for a moment. This guy's a Jew. And he's out feeding pigs. And when he begins to lust after the food the pigs have, is when he starts to come to himself. So, can bad things lead us to where we need to be? Absolutely. So he travels through this. He comes to himself. And he's broken. He's a broken man. He's got no money. He's got no, you know, he's lusting after pig food. He's broken. And he returns where? He goes back to the Father. Now imagine this, that must have been a pretty tough decision, we would think. I'm going to go back to the man who I took half of what he owned and I blew it. And I'm going to want him to take me in as a servant. I'm not even worthy to be a son anymore. Woe is me, he's going to reject me because of what I did. He shouldn't accept me. We kind of transfer the same thing to God. Well, because I did this, God sits in heaven with a big stick waiting to correct me. Or he accepts this. He accepts me based on what I do. Now, are there behaviors that align with the will of God and those that don't? Absolutely. So don't mishear me. But his acceptance of us is not based upon what we do. That's work salvation, ladies and gentlemen. And, that's, and you go, well, I'm not talking about salvation. Okay, then that's works maintenance. Right? Well, I gotta be good. I gotta stay in favor with God. So he goes home and, and hopefully is accepted as a servant. So what did he believe about his father's acceptance of him? What did he believe? What did this son believe? He believed his father would reject him because of what he did. He said, I'm not worthy to be a son anymore. I'm going to go there. I don't, my father shouldn't take me in as that. Maybe, hopefully, he'll take me as a slave. That's what he was hoping for. Was he right in his assessment? No. It was not right. That's not what the father did. It wasn't right about his opinion of the father. His assessment of the father was wrong. See, I think that's part of what our problem is, folks. We misassess God. We put onto God what we would do. <laughs> right? If somebody treat me like that, I would do this. And I would do that. That's not how God, that's not how God works. 
There's, we're going to go through a whole series of God may not be who you actually think he is. That's coming. That's part of this journey. And so he was wrong. Now let's go to the second brother. Known as the good son. He's on his way home from work. He's been working in his father's business, if you will. And he hears a party going on and he says, Hey, what's all that? And one of the servants says, Oh, your brother. The one who took half of what your father... No, he didn't say that. Your brother came home. See, that's what he probably heard. I'm projecting a little. Otherwise, why would he be angry? Maybe. Maybe there's another reason. He hears all this going on. He, the servant tells him he's killed the fatted calf. They're up there living it up. You know, and you're like, how's that fair? Right? How is this fair? So he got angry and he refused to go in. You ever been there with God? Well, how's this fair, God? I'm just, I'm done. I'm going in there. You know, I try and I try and I try and I don't get nothing. I don't get anywhere. You ever been there with God? That's where he was. So he refused to go in. What did the father do? Well, fine, just stay out there then. That's what we would do. <laughs> what did the father do? The father went out to him. And he pled with him to come in. He goes out. See, it looked like in, his, in the good son's view that bad behavior was being rewarded, right? It looked like it was being rewarded. And so, <laughs> and good behavior was being ignored. You're ignoring what I'm doing, you're rewarding him. That's unfair. That makes no sense. And so what did he believe about his father's acceptance of him? What did the good son believe? Nobody talks about this one. What did he believe by these comments? The good son? Yeah. The good son believed his father should accept him based upon what he did. Right? So the two sons had the same view. He should reject me because I've done bad things, so I'm going to go try and be a servant. He should accept me because of what I've done because I've been a good son. So he should accept or reject me based upon what I do. And the father in this story has another view, really. He has another view. Was the, what, let me ask you this. Was, the good, was it true what the good son was thinking there? No, it wasn't. 
He didn't accept them based upon what they did or reject them. So how does God actually accept us? I think that's a fantastic question. Let's look at the Father's response. The first thing he does, he recognizes the good son's obedience. He said, look, everything you've done, everything I've got is yours. It's all yours. It's all yours. It's not about the stuff and things. That's not immaterial. It's material. But he, rec he, re he responds to him by saying, uh, by saying, look, I've seen everything I have is yours. Because he's already spent his hat. So there is some penalty to making poor choices. Then he dispenses the idea that the party is related to behavior. It's the next thing the father does. The party is a celebration of his brother's movement from death to life, from being lost to being found. By his heart turning to the father, not to what he can get off of him. See, I'm afraid that as Christians, we're kind of all about what we can get off of God. What has God done for me lately? And if he ain't there for me, I ain't going to be there for him either. Well, how come he, he mistreated me over here, so I'm going to quit him? Or these bad things happened, and, and I was counting on God. He didn't come through for me, so I'm not going to be there for him either. So what that tells me is our love is a conditional love. And it truly is not love, right? Because love would never act that way. What it is is a self-centered, ungodly position with a superficial righteousness attitude. You may not like that. I don't like it either. But I need to check it to make sure I don't have it. If God wanted to cut off my leg an inch at a time for his glory, would I be okay with that? How is that for his glory? Maybe I wouldn't interact with those doctors or nurses or otherwise, and, and they need to hear the gospel. And they'll be asking me questions. Are you okay with that? Well, hey, come on, folks. We're so tied to this and this that we can't see what God's really doing. And so he responds. He said, look, the party ain't about that. We're not celebrating that. We're celebrating that he's moved from death to life. See, this was the father's priority. What he said we had to celebrate. We had to celebrate because his acceptance was because he was his son, not based on what he did. The good son was his acceptance of him was because he was his son, not based on what he did. You all see that? Most people misinterpret this parable just as a parable of repentance and restoration. The father's heart had never departed from the son because he was his son. That's why he celebrated. He didn't just restore. Y'all see? 
God does not judge us based on behavior. Our acceptance is not based upon behavior. It's based on our relationship with Christ. That's what's going on here. In this parable, they both had the same problem. They believed that they were accepted or rejected based on their behavior. That's just not true, folks. It's not true. Now, certain behaviors can be rejected. But when somebody's your son, they're always your son. Sorry. <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> They're always your son or daughter. You may not be proud of what they do, but I'll tell you this, if they turn their heart to you, wouldn't you throw a party? Those of you who've been estranged? For those of you who've had difficulty, anybody who's had raised kids has had difficulty with their kids. Those kids think like kids. They don't know. The harsh realities of life, do they? They're innocent. So we're accepted based on relationship, not behavior. So this parable brings us some good news. Let me share with you the good news this brings. Woo. If you're working hard to be accepted by God, you're wasting your time. Shoot. <laughs> All right? You know, I just got to maintain my, my Christian walk. I got to just keep it on track and don't give in to the devil. And I got I to gotta do all this to stay right with God. Isn't that what we say? Isn't that what we're taught? Or been taught? So if that's not the answer, does that work for anybody? Just anybody. That works every time, right? Truth always is true. So if the journey's not about that, but we're still doing it, it's a, <laughs> who was it? was it? I can't remember who said this. Somebody out there will know. But repeating the same behavior and expecting different results is insanity. So we're insane to keep doing that. We don't ever explore what the, how it's supposed to really work. As you receive me, so walk ye in me. Oh, great. That doesn't help at all. Yes, it does. It's not about my effort in trying, good or bad. Because I'm accepted. Once I'm in Christ, how many of my sins have been dealt with? Oh. All of them. We don't believe that. We say that, but we don't believe it. Let's be honest. But now that I'm walking with Him, how do I take the next step and know that I'm in the center of the will of God? And how do I have His blessings upon it, which may not always be positive, wonderful things. How can I see that it's the hand of God even when it's painful? It's by listening to the Spirit of God and stepping and moving as He leads and guides you. And trusting Him no matter what He says. No matter what He says. Sometimes you're going to like it, sometimes you're not. And the reason that Mark doesn't like it sometimes because Mark's not on the right station. Because <laughs> Mark, what it is, is Mark wants God to bless Mark's plans instead of Mark being on God's plan. See, this isn't about restoration. He was already a son. 
Now he was estranged because of his behavior, but not because the father chose that, but because he did. He walked away, but he came back. So God doesn't accept us based on our behavior. So you're wasting your time if that's what you're pursuing. That's legalism, folks. That's legalism. We start with grace. Just turn your life over to Christ. Now you've got to do all this. And now you, oh, if you're having a hard time, well, you need to go do this again. We give another prescription of something for you to do. And it's giving up. And that where brokenness leads us, we go through brokenness, and then we come to this passage where God's not up there in heaven trying to hit us with a big stick every time we mess up, where when Mark puts his hand out of line, he... we think of God like that. And that's not what God's like. It doesn't work that way. So if you're working hard to be accepted by God, you're wasting your time. Your acceptance has already come through your relationship with Christ. If Christ is in, him, in you and you're in Him and there is no separation, how can there be separation between you and the Father? You can't. And I'll tell you this, if you do make decisions that are not in line with His will for your life, you're going to be miserable in the midst of them. Because they're not going to provide what the enemy says they will. Bring some good news. Discovering acceptance by God comes only from being in a relationship with Him through salvation in heaven. And if you've never done that, you can do that today. You say, well, I've never put my faith or trusted in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. If you've never done that, I completely understand why you're on a works-based relationship. We're saved by grace through faith. It's the gift of God, not as a result of works as so that no one may boast. Maybe, if we're told to walk in the same way, maybe each day what God wants to do in our life each day is part of the gift. Isn't that part of salvation? Have you ever thought about that? That God might be showering himself down through the things that he's doing through your life as part of the gift? It's the gift of God. Salvation is more than heaven, ladies and gentlemen, right? But man, that's all we think about it as, really? How many of you are thrilled to discover new things about God every day? Amen. How many of you are thrilled to be, see God use you? How many of you are thrilled even if it costs you something? Oh, it got quieter. <laughs> Now, here we go. Camp there, preacher. <laughs> How many of you thrilled for what Jesus did on the cross for you? Amen. Amen. Did that cost him something? Uh -huh. Have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Although he was in the form of God, did not think it was something to be grasped, yet he set that aside and he came. It's not something to be grasped that people honor and respect and do anything for us. Boy, we really want that though. 
Jesus didn't even care. If anybody had a right, he did. We can do this today. We don't have to wait. This parable raises some good news. Does this mean our behavior doesn't matter? No. How our behavior is to be directed is by being open to the Holy Spirit. And He directs everything. It's the source from which we do these things. We're going to still do the stuff that's in here. Everything that's in here. There's nothing in this book that we can just blow off because we're, not, because we're already accepted. When we walk with Christ, all those things that are prescriptions in God's Word become a natural outflow of the life-giving relationship of the Holy Spirit through us. And so this becomes the evidence of our salvation. That's where the verse comes into play where he says, you will know them by their fruits. We know them by their fruits, by what they do, because of their walk with Christ. Not to become, but because they are. That's how it works. We want to do to become instead of recognizing what we've already become. You know, there was an interesting moment that took place in this young man's life. See, our obedience opens access to all our Father has. Right? When we talk about behavior, the, the good son, if you will, he said, all I have is yours. Your obedience has opened up all of that to you. But our disobedience also has consequences. But it's not acceptance. Acceptance is not the consequence. We lose out on the blessing of being in the moment with the Lord. In 1984, there was a, a young man named Harmon Killebrew who was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. And he said, my father taught, he says, he was telling the crowd, he said, my father taught me and my brother how to play baseball. And he said, I remembered one day when my mom came out and she said, you're ruining the grass. Right, moms? And he said, my father responded immediately and he said, we're raising children, not grass. <laughs> when we put our eyes on the wrong thing, we're going to miss out on the purpose. When we put our eyes on the behavior instead of the one who directs it, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss out on the blessing of walking with Him. We're going to miss out. This follows brokenness, folks. You cannot do this until you give up on yourself. You can't do it. You have to go through what that other man went through. The prodigal son. See, that's the, whole, that's the funny part of this whole story. Is both sons had the exact same problem. They thought they were accepted or rejected based on what they do. And in this story, we see that he accepted them both because they were his sons. That's the lesson. 
That's what this is about. And so whatever you focus on, you're going to get. You're the life-giving relationship with Christ where he leads you into action or a law-dictated behavior devoid of real life filled with fear of not knowing if you've done enough. Aren't you tired of that? <laughs> if you're a Christian, you're accepted. Live a life of joy and gratitude. And man, we get so, we get so far from our salvation that we forget the joy. We forget the gratitude and we forget the the overwhelming transformation that took place. And the enemy is really good at stealing that. He's really good at trying to steal that away. And he'll redefine who you are. He'll redefine who God is. He'll redefine what you have to do to be accepted and to be good with God. We're good. We're good. That's the good news. If you're in a relationship with Christ. And if you're not, don't be embarrassed. If God has showed you that this morning, there's a reason. It's because he loves you and wants you in that relationship. That's cool. Well, then everybody know I wasn't saved. Fantastic. I'd rather everybody know I wasn't saved and am now than think I was and discover later I wasn't. Let's just be honest in the journey so that we can know what's really true and follow it that and that alone. I call it the story of the two sons and the loving father. He loves you folks. He does. That's why he gave his son for you. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their head and close their eyes.